Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Taking Care of Grizzness. Third episode of the week because it's draft week or almost draft week. We're, we're a week away today on the dot for the NBA draft as that means a lot of offseason smoke started to get a little louder, getting a little bigger. And so we have to have more content because content is king over here. Taking care of Grizzlies, Fans First Sports Network, the official Grizzlies podcast for Fans First Sports Network. I'm your host, Parker Fleming, and with me is the host of the Gabe Coon Show every day on 92.9 ESPN from 4 to 7. He is a former University of Memphis football player. He is also a co-host of Bluff City Media's On the Bluff, Gabe Coon. Gabe, what's happening, man? My guy, what's happening, man? I've just been spending, I've been in a, uh, I, I don't know when this is exactly going to release, but all morning I've been in a uh, uh, a hole going through all that Carl uh, Anthony Towns said with Pat Bev. I, I've been laughing all morning. Dude, I can't lie. <laughs> I, and I, I hope this doesn't uh i don't get any backfire to this because of the grizzlies standing with patrick beverly and uh everything with barstool sports but i love the patrick beverly podcast i love the pat podcast for sure and he 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 uh he had cat acting a fool on there didn't he the cat said that he's going to be remembered when he when he steps away from the game he said that uh my favorite quote was uh he said the Nuggets have had four years to figure it all out, and we, talking about the Timberwolves, figured it out in four months. No, you didn't. You're, you're out in the first round. <laughs> I don't yeah, know what they you thought, figured out. It was so silly. They thought their uh, play-in victory meant more than the Nuggets championship because it took them quicker. They got through it quicker. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> all right, that's cool. I love Whatever. it. I love I, it, though. It may, yeah. You know, I, I'm all for comedy. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a fan of comedy, so. Um, oh yeah, that was that sure. was pure comedy. Absolutely, and I will say, last week uh, on my flight home from Houston, I listened to his episode with Jay Williams about the future of athletes and sports media. That is a really dope listen. I highly right. And obviously, there was a lot of shit talk between the two, where it was like, "Oh, uh, I'll lock Jay down." Jay's like, "Nah, I'll give you 30. Like, and <laughs> yeah, you, know, you had to have that stuff in there, <laughs> yeah, but it's some good to. stuff. You have to. Yeah. Is he, do we do we term uh, Pat? Pat as new media. Is it would would uh oh, would Draymond give new him media. new media credentials? Yeah, definitely. Okay. I I think Good. it's new media. I okay, but I think you're new media. You, oh, think, well, why? Thank you, sir. <laughs> yeah, I think. I mean, athlete turned media member. I mean, you're you're up there too, man. You oh, hell you yeah, brother. Both, I love it. So yeah, so I try. Yes, sir. So I wanted to talk to you about some different prospects with University of Memphis ties. One, a former Tiger that quickly became a beloved Tiger. And another, a hyped up Tiger that ended up transferring is now in the NBA draft. And his name might be a little bit bigger than his game. But let's talk about the let's talk about the good one. The 
Let's I, do it. Actually, I don't want to say the good one first, but uh, let's talk about. One. I think that's. I think that's fair. Let's talk about the more exciting one first. So, uh, John Martin of ninety two nine uh, reported that Kendrick Davis worked out with the Memphis Grizzlies. Either it was either yesterday, Wednesday, or I think it was Tuesday. Regardless, Kendrick Davis worked out for Memphis. He posted a picture on his Instagram with uh, his old pal Kenneth Lofton Jr. And he's also they're also represented by the same agent. And then Kendrick Davis was teammates with Desmond Bain at TCU. Mm-hmm. I mean, it just feels like the stars are kind of aligning for a possible Kendrick Davis. Memphis Grizzlies partnership. Dave, what did you make of the news? And, you know, like a scale of one to 10, how excited are you about the possibility of Kendrick Davis being a Memphis Grizzly and how you know, these stars could be aligned? From an excitement level, considering how many people love him in the city, even after one year at the University of Memphis, I'd put my excitement level right at about an eight. Now, when it comes to him as a prospect, you know, <laughs> everything is stacked against him. We don't have to like hide that fact. He's 24 years old. He's a, He's a backcourt member that's under six foot, right? Mm-hmm. Guys like that in the NBA generally don't stick. But when you look at Kendrick Davis, and especially his prospects of, of potentially being a Grizzly, no Kennedy Chandler in the fold right now. Uh, Tyus Jones could potentially be out the door with a trade. He's probably their best player asset. They need to look at options um, for potential reserve point guards. And, and I, I love the thought of thinking about Kendrick Davis. And to be honest with you, he really fits the Grizzlies mold of, of what they have tried to go after. They don't worry about, Oh, are you too short? Are your arms too short? What's your athleticism looking like? Uh, how old are you? They, they seem to stay away from those conversations and they ask sort of one question or a couple questions. The first question though is the most important one. They say, can you play basketball? <laughs> Kendrick Davis can right. play basketball. And I'd say the other question would be, how do you fit culturally? Do you have good basketball IQ? And I certainly think he fits there. Um, but, you know, the, the odds have been stacked against Kendrick Davis ever since he, he made, you know, went into college basketball uh, because of his height, um, because of maybe a, a slight lack of athleticism. But he just knows how to distribute the basketball. He knows how to score at a high level. He scored at a high clip, even though he was 5'10". I mean, a 43% guy from the floor his entire career um, in college. I, I, I just, I love this guy. I really do. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I love thinking about the prospects of him potentially being a Grizzly. Absolutely. Uh, I do think one person you brought up that's like a pretty decent reference point when it talks about Kendrick Davis and his NBA hopes, it's Kennedy Chandler. Last year, I'm looking at la- uh, last year's draft. There's 58 players that got drafted because you know tampering. They take away second round picks. You know, if a team right. tampers, let's take away, let's take away the opportunity for a young man to get his name uh, called on draft night. Let's just that's a very good way to right. lay the hammer down, especially in the second round. Just yeah, but anyways, of the 58 players drafted, only four players were under 6'4". Ty Ty Washington, who was the only first-round prospect under 6'4". And then he had Kennedy Chandler, uh, J- J.D. Davison, and uh, I was working to confirm the other one. No, I think it's just three. Three right. players under 6'4 were drafted. The league is getting taller. 
And unless you have a incredibly elite skill, and I think Kenny Chandler's a good case study because, like, you know, Kenny Chandler's I think Kenny Chandler can be an NBA backup point guard at some point. He needs a lot more work than I expected, especially as a shooter. But I mean, he was a one and done guy. He's twenty years old. He was on a good contract, and he got cut. And I know it was a unique circumstance, but like those guys are just expendable. But yep. one thing I think that benefits Kendrick Davis is the the new CBA starting next season. There's an additional two way spot. That is thirty extra jobs that have just yep. now opened up because of the new CBA allowing an extra two way spot. I think you you can't do much better than Kendrick Davis on a two way. Do you agree? I I I tend to agree. Um, now this is a guy like I just sort of wonder how how people think about him potentially being a draft pick. I, I yeah. guess I could see late second round, <laughs> but at the same time, I think he sort of fits the mold of a of a very highly sought after. Like in the NFL, we call him a, a priority undrafted free agents. He's that guy in the right. NBA. He, he's a priority undrafted free agent that guys will give a look because of just. I mean, there's a lot of guys in college basketball and usually it's like bigs like the Luca Garza's of the world, you know, the, the Hunter Dickinson's the Oscar Sheebways that just have so much production. You want to give them an opportunity. Kendrick Davis is that guy, except he's a point guard. He's a backcourt member. I, I, I just, it's, it's from a, from a two way perspective, there's no reason not to give this guy a shot. Right. Mm -hmm. He, he just, he, he seems to do it all. Uh, he gets in where he fits in, and contrary to the other guy, we'll we'll talk about here in a second. I'd imagine um, he he really is the the anti me player in a lot of ways, and and that is just that's fun to see. That's always good to have in your in your system. Um, so I I, I just I, I hope it works out for him. Now, would I bet on him ever being a uh, consistent backup point guard? Probably not. But I, I can't fully bet against him because of what he's been able to accomplish, even with the things stacked against him that are stacked against him already, even working through college basketball. Mm -hmm. I mean, hey, you better watch out. You may end up eating crow because, I mean, hey, I know. you know what? But I mean, I was gonna... I, with, this, with this particular situation, I'll, I'd be happy to eat crow. Yeah, I'd be, absolutely. I'd be completely happy with it. Absolutely. You know, he also – one thing I think that's really cool, you know, I totally respect – uh, teams for staying quiet on draft workouts. You know, it's it's all good. It's all business. It's all good. The Grizzlies are, are really quiet. You have to kind of find out through a player's Instagram or through agents of who's working out where. But I do really, really love how the Indiana Pacers social media team posts like these like one-on-one -on -one, uh, player interviews with each player that they have in coming in through draft workouts with some highlights that uh, from the draft workout, Kendrick Davis said all the right things. And I, yep. I do think he'd be a very good uh, culture fit. But I was going to say, the thing that may have you eat crow is that uh, I think, I can't remember who reported it. It was definitely someone from like the, the Daily Memphian commercial appeal family saying that uh, he was getting a workout in with the Lakers. I mean, you know how that Laker hype machine gets, man. If yep. Kendrick Davis has a couple good games in purple and gold, they might think that they have the new Chris Paul or Kyle Lowry. Like, Right, but here, here's what I'll ask you, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna bounce yeah. this off you, Parker. Mm -hmm. This is a guy who, just considering who he is as a player, 
just the the measurables and and how they don't necessarily fit into the NBA. He's a guy who's going to have to work to be work really damn hard to be potentially an eight or nine on a roster. And that's okay. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying he can't do it. It's just, it's just really hard to imagine in this day and age, a 24 year old who is played five years in college, who's under six foot, who is supposed to be a, a point guard uh, who may have some defensive deficiencies that he can work on. He can work on. I don't think he's just completely awful on that end he just again is under 510 or under under six foot and that's a that's an issue um mm -hmm. but he, he's a guy who's just gonna have to work his ass off to be eight nine ten on a roster that doesn't mean he can't do it it just it, i'm just sort of getting to the fact that it doesn't happen all that often right right i do think that like the main offensive skills that Fisher davis has going for him and i guess could be his ticket for one he gets to the free throw line. Like he's gonna yep. go get a bucket, whatever way it goes. Three point shooting, pull up shooting, getting to the free throw line. That's a very valuable skill. I mean, obviously too with defense, he's gonna have to work on it at the NBA level because of the size discrepancy. But I mean, his steal numbers are very positive. You know, he averaged two a game last season and then at least a steal and a half in his other two seasons at SMU. And um I also do think too, I think the player, a player that he needs to, should really model his game after, is Jose Alvarado from yep. the New Orleans Pelicans. Like, why can't he try be to that be kind a bothersome person? Just try to be as bothersome as possible on the defensive end. Now, again, I don't know if necessarily like watching him in college, that's his style, but he could certainly grow into that. And the thing that really gives me hope about his his professional career and potentially, you know, G League into the NBA is like already. Through the through the draft process, he has beaten the odds, right? He he mm -hmm. went to the he went to Portsmouth, uh, had a good showing. Then he ended up at the G League Elite Camp, and only a few guys get an invite from the G League Elite Camp into the the combine. And he had such a good showing, he ended up at the combine. So this right. is just a guy who, no matter what you give him, whatever you put on the table, he's going to take advantage of. Um, but again, like it's just it's it's hard for me to project anybody under a, a point guard under six foot who is a a a uh, largely a scorer who defensively mm -hmm. has to work on things. It's hard for me to project him into the NBA playing a heavy role. But again, he just he see he's a guy who beats the odds. He's a guy that, without question, no matter where he's at in the NBA, I think I speak for both of us when I say you sort of root for the, a, a guy like this. You root for a guy like this. Uh, every step Absolutely. of the way because he has shown you what he's capable of. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I, I totally, I totally get that. I mean, and if all else fails, you know, like he's a guy where if he doesn't make it to the NBA, he's going to be a good pro somewhere, whether that's oh, God, yes. in, the, in the G yeah. league. And hopefully if he does go to Memphis, if he does end up with the Grizzlies and he's on a two way contract, or even if he's like an exhibit 10 guy, that's a guy who, is gonna get people to go to South Haven and like oh hell yes I gotta I gotta say man like hustle basketball is really good basketball because you know the G League they've put in a lot to to really improve the watch experience for it and make it more of a fan experience uh, the hustle has a lot of good promotions they also do a lot of rule testing down there they test out a lot a lot of rules down there before they get it up into the NBA so it's really cool to kind of see how yeah. all that goes in action 
And there's a bunch of dudes that just bust their ass for all 48 minutes. Like, it's so much fun to watch. And and we um, have, I, I think I've, I've had this conversation with multiple people, uh, just sort of talking about the college game to NBA, or even G League. Let's just go college to G League, because I think that's sort of where Kendrick Davis would have to prove himself. That would be the proving ground before he makes any NBA roster. If you can drop 21, 22 points per game in college, the chances of you scoring at a relatively high level in the G League is, I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a high chance. It's a high chance absolutely. that he can, he can bring some of that over. Um, the, the, the spacing is, is a lot better. Um, and I feel like there'll be a lot more room to operate in one-on-one situations with Kendrick, which Kendrick Davis is great at, whether he's getting his shot, getting a step back, getting to the rim, getting fouled. I feel like Kendrick Davis can, can have a lot of production at that G league level. And that ultimately could lead him to an NBA contract. And that's good. That's, that's just good to sort of think about and project. Oh yeah, absolutely. For sure. And one other player we promised to talk about is Amani Bates. Uh, he's going to be, it's very polarizing, yep. you know, depending on who you talk to, there's some people that think he's still uh, incredibly slept on as a prospect and will end up being the seal of the draft. And then there's some people that you talk to that they're just like not sold on him at all. Isn't at he kind all. of the anti Kendrick Davis, right? Yeah, I'd say he's like the anti Kendrick Davis. I like. I'm trying to think of. I'm trying to think of another good comparison. I think another player. I I think he's just almost like an anti Grizzly in general. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think he's an anti Grizzly because I mean, obviously, you know, with measurements and stuff, he doesn't have the best measurements or athletic testing or anything, but. I mean, and the Grizzlies have shown that they don't really care about that, but it's more about, you know, Yanni had this very big moniker of being a very highly touted recruit. I mean, he was being talked about as like the next chosen one between like Kevin Durant, LeBron James, and Magic Johnson, which I mean, that's more about just the media, the media hype around making sure you're not. You can't call someone the next KD. It's just not fair. No, and you can't, you can't do that to a kid that early. I mean, you look like I, we can have like a whole other discussion on that. Like I know that's something that kind of didn't really help OJ Mayo, former Grizzly, right. Grizzly great, always an OJ stand. But uh, but Damani, like. I think even for guys that have had good NBA careers, I want to point one out like Andrew Wiggins, Andrew Wiggins got shot down before his Warriors career for not being a winning player when he was scoring 20 points per game. And that was just because of all the hype that was surrounding him coming out of uh, coming out of uh, Kansas. They just thought he would immediately be some amazing winning player, a number one on a playoff team. And that's just not in the books for everybody. Yeah. Absolutely. And it's one of those things with Amani. I just don't know how he can scale his game down. Because yeah. I will say, the shot making is undeniable. The shot creation is undeniable. He yes. can really create off the dribble. I will. I want to steal something that Chris Harrington once said on a podcast with me. There's something, there, like with Dylan Brooks. The thing with Dylan Brooks is like, is he a tough shot maker or a tough shot taker? taker. And I think that's Amani. 
I think that's Amani to a team. Right. He takes a lot of tough shots. And I just don't know if he has a bankable skill outside of shot creation to warrant a team taking a flyer. Granted, you may have it to where, like, if he ends up on a team, let's say, I, I'm thinking of teams in a second round or teams that could buy a second round pick, like Phoenix right. or Los Angeles Lakers, Los Angeles Clippers, guys that have superstar talent that could potentially you know, mentor Imani and help guide him into a prosperous NBA career. I think that's a set. I just, I know people will probably clamor for Imani. I, it might, the clamor for Imani is probably down in Memphis after the whole fiasco yeah. last year, but you I know, mean, it's worth talking about. I, I, the reason I call him sort of the anti Kendrick Davis is one, he's six, nine, one ninety. Um, he, he is, he's a large guy with a really, really quick release from the field, whether he's taking a mid range or a three pointer, like he, he can knock down shots. He seems to be relatively streaky. I think it was that one game Eastern Michigan played against Michigan where he had 30 plus and was just unbelievable and scored however many straight points. I think it was 21 at one point in that game. So like you see what he's capable of at times, but when it comes down to it, a guy like Kendrick Davis will take the role you give him and he'll maximize it. I feel mm-hmm. like Amani Bates is given a role immediately. He, he has always been given a role. He was the, the you know number one recruit in the 2023 class. He reclassified. Uh, Penny said he was going to be a point guard. He's going to make him his starting point guard. Not a lot of not a lot of guys get that opportunity when they're 17 years old. He was given that opportunity. And then he sort of, you know, uh, him and his dad throughout that process with the University of Memphis controlled the narrative. At one point, he struggled so badly that his dad said, well, well, he's got to go get his back checked out in New York or whatever it was. So he missed a certain amount of games. They're always controlling the narrative because of who he is and and, and sort of his uh, uh, what what people thought about him coming out. Um, And Mm -hmm. they didn't want to do anything to hurt his draft stock the entire time. And. I think ultimately a guy like him, five-star, number one in his recruiting class, he's been given a whole lot. And I have a lot of questions, Parker, about at the next level, he's not going to be given much. He may have to start as a G League guy, and he may not necessarily be the first guy they throw the ball to to go score in that G League situation. And how does he handle that? How does he go about his business when everything from this point forward is going to have to be earned when largely throughout his career um, in high school and now well, and in college as well at Memphis and at Eastern Michigan, he was given the keys in a lot of ways. Now, he failed with Memphis uh, to, to take those keys and run with them at Eastern Michigan. They were so bad that he was a 19 point per game scorer. So, right. you know, that that part of his game jumps off the page. But that was still a four-win team or five-win team, whatever it was at Eastern Michigan. I just have questions about his mindset when everything for him at this point is seemingly going to be an uphill battle. I I, I, I haven't really seen him respond to those moments very well. Right. That's what, like, for Imani, it's going to be important for him to get in the right infrastructure with mainly the people that are around him. People where Imani can look and be like, like, like a guy like, he's not going to expect shots over like Kevin Durant or yeah. 
LeBron James or anything. Whereas, like, let's say if he goes to Memphis, I feel like Imani would be a guy that sees himself as an equal with, like, Ja and Desmond yes. Bennett. Yes. Which is, which is crazy. Which is, yeah. which is insane. Like, it, it, there's just a there's a mindset thing I'm worried about over anything because I think sort of the natural talent of him, um, like 6'9", 190, can go get a shot just about whenever he wants, has a decent three-point stroke. I, I really love his offensive game. There are other parts mm-hmm. of his game I, I I struggle with. The talent's there. It's just uh, trying to break him out of the somewhat, and I know people may kill me for saying the somewhat privileged mindset, I think is going to be the biggest hurdle. Yeah. I will say, very, very big side note. You know, you mentioned Imani and the possibility of him playing in the G League. You have potentially, likely, probably, Imani Bates, Drew Timmy, Chris Livingston, Oscar Tshibwe. I, I probably butchered the hell out of his G-boy. last name. Tshibwe. Tshibwe. You have a lot team. of these highly touted players that are going to be in the G League. I mean, the G League might get jumping next year. Hey, how about those. it? I, I might. We may have to take a couple of trips down to down to South Haven. Yeah, dude. Get, get might, some land to work to. in. We might have to for sure, man. And you know, um, you know, that's about all the time about covering Kendrick and Imani. I will ask you just one last thing before we close the show. Is there anything that you want to see the Grizzlies do on draft night? Is there anything that you feel like they will do on draft night before we close the show? Um, obviously, I, I think that, you know, we got the note from uh, Jonathan Gavoni and his NBA draft prep. And obviously, Jonathan Gavoni, NBA draft analyst for ESPN, he says that Zach Kleiman in the, in the, the front office is going to try to prioritize moving up in the draft, maybe packaging a couple of their picks to move up a few spots, whether it be, uh, I think he said late lottery. I see that as hard to get done. I think that'll be hard to get done late lottery, but he says sort of uh, mid first round, I guess that Lakers pick at 17 is up for grabs. That's a possibility. I, I think that they'll move up just because that is the playbook that they usually follow. Right. I mean, outside of John Morant, um, they have moved up for every first round pick they've taken. Correct me if I'm wrong on that. I feel like yeah. they have moved up for every single one. So mm-hmm. I, I would imagine that that is part of the playbook, but I, I just want them to stay aggressive. And I, I think they do that behind closed doors. It's just uh, sort of seeing what they can do. And I think people misinterpret aggression. Uh, aggression, you can be as aggressive as possible. That doesn't mean things are going to come to fruition. But I just want to see this front office be aggressive on draft night, see what they can make happen. Absolutely. I totally agree. And I do think one thing that's worth noting is, especially when it comes to aggressiveness and moving up, and I talked about this guy on the podcast earlier this week uh, with Brian Kabrowski, but Drew Hill just reported crediting Nick Crane uh, from Forbes and Draft Digest that uh, Brandon Podzemiski is working out with the Memphis Grizzlies today. 6'5", uh, shot creator. He averaged about 20. All right, get this. He's 6'5". I'm telling you, he's probably like 6'5", maybe somewhere between a buck 85, 200 pounds. He averaged 20 and 9 last year at Santa Clara and shot 44% from three. And I've, I've been kind of following along with different stuff on draft Twitter. I know Chip Williams over at Bluff City Media has been incredibly high on him Yep. Uh, in this draft process. But he's a guy that people kind of dub as a Grizz guy. And even in mock drafts, I see him getting, uh, getting climbed higher and higher. I think ESPN 
had him in the I, I can't remember where ESPN had him, but I know Kevin O'Connor with the Ringer had him at 19 uh, going to the Golden State Warriors. So, I mean, he's climbing, but that's, again, another guy that the Grizzlies may move up for. And people are just like how they did for Zaire Williams or Jake LaRavia or David Roddy, Santi yeah. Alcantara, like, why and did we trade up for this guy? He would have been there at the mock or whatever. He, so yeah, he's a little different, right? Like he's not necessarily. I mean, he's not necessarily that jumbo jumbo wing that they've tried to go after with you know David Roddy and uh, Zaire and uh, Jake Laravia. He's sort of got that uh, skinnier Desmond Bain build, that 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 two guard build. But he, I, I, I got to watch him a little bit. He was on a successful team. and He led that successful team to wins, and I always like to see that. I know that's not necessarily the end all be all is a, a winning right. basketball player when we get to the NBA draft, but he's fun. He's a very fun prospect. Yeah. And this is like something I actually wrote about in my uh, sub stack today is, you know, I'm always in the mindset of draft the best talent available, not the best, like not the best fit. But in this situation, I think the Grizzlies are incredibly crowded and that like, Two, three combo, three, four combo with Zaire. You're lousy with wings. You have so many wings, you right? Have so and many you're potentially trying to develop. Why would you add another into that into that mold? Unless you yeah. unless you think he's more of a sure thing, right? Right. And so, um, obviously, I have some of those surefire players that I think you know, like guys like Bryce Sensabaugh and Chris Murray would. I would be like, all right, let's go, let's like let's rock. Like I like those guys a lot. The Grizzlies don't have any combo guards really yep. to develop. And with Tyus Jones as an expiring contract, as a trade piece, you need to prioritize finding as much talent and shot creation as possible that can play alongside John Morant and Desmond Bain. And I, I think Brandon Podsamiski would be the perfect fourth guard going forward in a guard rotation with Ja, Bain, and Kennard. Like, that'd be yep. electric. I would be yep. so down for it. But yeah. That's kind of where I stand. Go get a combo guard. Go get a combo guard to develop and and see where to go from there. I mean, obviously, the preference would be trading the pick to go get a surefire upgrade at the three. But, I mean, all of it's just like, I'm not going to say wishful thinking, but you're kind of asking for a lot it, because it, it kind of takes two to tango. Yeah, it's so hard to, like, project what type of proven talent around the league they can go get right this second, considering, like, the assets they have, I mean, the draft assets are all cool. What is it? Five picks in the next four years or whatever like that. That's cool and all. But like, I think if you're going to get a proven talent, somebody wants some level of proven talent in return. And I don't know right. if the Grizzlies have those type of player assets to really move around at the moment, but we'll see. I, I, I we'll expect see. this. I expect this front office. You saw Zach climate exit interview saying he's not necessarily trying to uh, quadruple down on youth he, he didn't think right. tripling down on youth was the right way last year so uh I, I i would expect him to be a lot more aggressive this offseason be willing to maybe pay a little bit more um on the open market to go find that proven talent that last piece but we'll see we'll see what happens man it's gonna be fun it's gonna be really fun it's gonna be so much fun and gabe i appreciate you coming on the show please let the people know where they can find you and your work of course, I am four to seven at ninety two nine ESPN. Just turn that radio dial to ninety two point nine on on the FM dial, um, and then also Bluff City Media. Make sure you check out uh, me and me and Christian Fowler over at Bluff City Media. Have a podcast called On the Bluff. Uh, it releases every single Tuesday, um, so we will uh, we will have that out 
for you. Uh, I think it premieres at noon on Tuesdays. Um, and we, we talk a lot of tigers and then we have a, uh, sort of a, uh, segment called the hot three where we jump around do a little bit of nba do a little bit of nfl we're big football guys so oh yeah the football definitely check that out as well huge football yeah and i've you know check out all the places that gabe's at uh his his stuff especially with uh connor and christian it's a uh, really good stuff a good nice uh change of pace is what you're is what you're used to hearing on a lot of these sports shows so yep uh gabe i appreciate you coming on the show and uh yeah go find it everywhere that gabe's at 92.9 bluff city media it's on youtube it's on the radio go, spotify go apple the whole thing the whole oh, yeah. thing the whole the, the whole, whole shebang kit, the whole i'm gonna sound old the whole kitten caboodle get the whole kitten oh yeah caboodle. there we go but, but, but parker appreciate you having me man absolutely and you can go find all my work over at I almost said what I usually said for the past four years. That was really weird. I almost said Grizzly Bear Blues. But go find all of my work over at Substack. It's subsacolitis.substack.com. I know that's a lot. You may misspell it. So just go to my Twitter at Paca underscore Flocka to go find all my written content over there. And also, too, make sure you're liking and subscribing to the Taking Care of Grizzness podcast the memphis grizzlies podcast for the fans first sports network wherever you get your podcast spotify apple amazon uh, the, the whole shebang and yes. that that's that's about all we have this week we'll be back next week with some more grizzness